Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, Stephen Morris here with a quick See Jurassic Great announcement. We're going to announce the winners in the Bullseye Toy Prize Pack Contest. Now in uh, episode 15, the season finale of See Jurassic Great, I asked people to tell me what new dinosaur not seen in any previous Jurassic film they would like to see in the upcoming Jurassic World 3 or beyond. And I picked three winners and they're going to win a um, bullseye toy prize pack. All these things you can normally find at Target, but they're going to get it's a mix of trading cards, dog tags and these like little light up things of all the different dinosaurs from Fallen Kingdom. So um, I'm really excited to I'm going to message them uh, these winners who I'm going to announce right now. And so all three of them are going to win the same prize pack. Uh, yeah, let's get to the winners. So the winners are um uh, on Instagram, Samantha Joe eight, um, and she said, uh, "Therizinosaurus would be pretty cool, terrifying." And that's a dinosaur. It's a theropod with like really long, spiky claw hands and tons of feathers. Um, and then another winner on Instagram was 
um, retro X cakes, uh, Elasmosaurus, <laughs> long neck swim boy, heart eyes. Um, and Elasmosaurus is, I looked up all these dinosaurs, of course, that was the fun part about going through all these entries was seeing what dinosaurs and what, um, cause technically Elasmosaurus is a marine reptile, but I did allow marine reptiles and flying reptiles. Um, and even somebody suggested, I think a saber toothed tiger. So those are fine as well. Um, but Elasmosaurus kind of looks like a plesiosaur, but a little more fierce in some of the artistic representations. Um, and then the final winner is Ashley Lennox on Twitter. And she said Acrocanthosaurus. And Acrocanthosaurus is, uh, it's like a dope theropod. It's kind of got a, like a nice lumbering look to it. And I've seen a lot of the interpretations. So um, thank you to those winners. I'll be reaching out to you on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you everyone again so much for entering. Thank you to Bullseye Toys for providing all the prizes. And uh, let's get back to Minnesota 14. Well, I guess we didn't get to it yet, but let's get to Minnesota 14. Steven, it's me, Roxanne, Judas Roxy, you know, the one that calls all of the time. I cannot believe that I have not shared this story with you. I was reminded of it this past weekend when I was with my best friend from college. And so, several years ago, um, I helped run the activities council at my school. And one of the perks of that was you get to meet like all of the speakers that come to the school because you're in charge of running those events. Well, B.D. Wong came to speak at our school. He mostly talked about um, breaking through in television and um, and Butterfly. And <laughs> afterwards, like he met with a few people and we were standing there talking and I got to meet him, which was really great. This is before camera phones were really big, so I didn't even have a camera with me, so I don't have a picture with him. But as we're standing there talking, I was like, I just love you in Jurassic Park. And take in mind, this guy had not had a hug. I'm stuttering now. Um, he hadn't had a big role in Jurassic Park at the time. He was like, oh, So, I mean, out of all of the work that he covered – in his like presentation, I was the person that's like, Oh my god, I loved you in Jurassic Park. That's really it. Um, just it was funny because no one else had said anything about Jurassic Park to him. And really they were the fools. It's always good talking to you, Steven. Keep doing Jurassic right. Bye. Stephen Ray Morris here with another See Jurassic Right mini-sode. Not the last mini-sode, uh, because the mini-sodes don't count as part of the seasons, but whatever. Well, I guess technically then it would be the last mini-sode of season one. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to keep the mini-sodes going in between season one and season two. So that's just a little exciting news, I guess, off the top. Um, thank you to Roxy for that uh, amazing B.D. Wong story. Again, you can't go wrong with B.D. Wong. So uh, that was <laughs> that's awesome. I just like how 
he was like, wow, like little again, they're fools. Little did they know how great BD Wong would be in Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So, Roxy, I think you were ahead of the game there. Um, thank you to everyone who entered the Bullseye Toy Contest. I just wanted to say that again. I know I read the winners up top. Um, so looking forward to that. Hopefully I can be keep doing more contests and stuff for y'all um, because they're fun and um, I'm getting better at mailing out things on time. Sort of. Anyway, um, so yeah, so it's this is the last quote unquote, the last mini sode of season one where we talk a little bit about Jurassic World 3. I'm going to be reading some uh, emails later and playing some more content, uh, just, you know, clipped, or um, what's the right word for it? Uh, Just more uh, bits of interviews from some of the people I talked to and some of the people who called in uh, from the season finale. Uh, So, yeah, so it's really exciting. Um, And I wanted to read off the top the questions from that episode because I want to get some voicemails and emails and stuff for the next Minnesota two. Um, and yeah, so the, they, you know, at the end of the season finale, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't episode 15, um, I said, how are you planning to pass the time between now and Jurassic world three's release in 2021, June 11th, 2021. Um, and what would you like to see explored more, um, in season two of see Jurassic, right? So, um, everything's the plans, everything's cooking, everything's coming together. Um, but it's most likely won't be until later in the year or or early next year because I really want to uh, I really want to do it right. I really want to spend the time and get you the best guests I can get. Have everybody come back. Just really make it as big as possible. It's definitely going to be longer. I know that off the top of my head. There's so many things to explore and re-explore, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all I'll say about that for now. Um, but going into that, I wanted to thank all the patrons again for supporting me because those are the people that are really helping make season two be bigger and better. And if you wanted to find a way to support me and what I'm doing, um, just donating to the Patreon, even if it's a dollar or something like that would really mean a lot and would really go towards me being able to, um, you know, just carve more time out of my day for this podcast and stuff because it's really the most fun thing I'm doing. So I love it so much um yeah it's gonna be awesome season two is gonna be really cool and i'm excited to spend some time and really make it great for you guys um but in the meantime we're gonna be doing all sorts of fun things so um yeah it's not just gonna be mini sods but there's gonna be some other stuff too to really you know make it a life jurassic um because again we've got a few years between now and jurassic world 3 so there's gonna be a lot of fun jurassic stuff dinosaur stuff and more to explore. So a couple of things happened in this last, uh, I should say in this last month since we last talked, I know the end of the season got all kind of jumbled up because, uh, obviously the Fallen Kingdoms release took up a lot of time, um, more time than I expected. So that was really awesome. And I really, I feel like I really made the most of it. So first thing, obviously speaking of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is that it comes out on digital September 4th, which is next week which is insane to me because it feels like the movie just came out although i did see it nine times in theaters so that makes sense that i feel like it just came out and then it comes out on physical disc september 18th wow that's a long i just noticed that that's a long time in between the digital and the physical usually it's like about a week um i'm definitely getting it on blu-ray uh and i'm excited and there's a lot of great special features 
Um, obviously, it's not the kind of special features that like Lord of the Rings Extended Edition fans want. You know, there's no commentaries, there's no deleted scenes or anything like that. But I feel like it looks like there's definitely more so than Jurassic World. So I'm already I feel like we're already better off than we were for Jurassic World. So that's really exciting to me. I'm probably going to get the target one because it comes with some bonus um comes with like a bonus art booklet and some other things and stuff and some oh yeah and an additional disc as well too i'm getting this all from jurassic outpost so be on the lookout for jurassic world fallen kingdom on blu-ray are you getting it are you getting it on digital i mean part of me is so tempted to get it on uh on digital just because it you know i can have it in a week instead of three weeks so um because i really want to do uh, I guess I'll go into this right now. I really wanted to do. I really wanted to do some some more raptor reactions between the um, between the Fallen Kingdom episode and the season finale. But just uh, you know, life outside of Jurassic has been very hectic and stressful and interesting and all those things. So it kind of kept me. Um, it kind of kept me away from Jurassic for a little bit. So I'm glad that. Um, I'm getting to spend time with the show again in this last week and, and getting the season finale together. That was really fun. It felt really good um, to work on that. Um, and currently right now, also a couple other things to talk about. Um, so Aganashka in the group is doing an Evolution of Claire uh, book club. Um, for people who wanted to read the book, I definitely know I've seen a few people in the Facebook group, See Jurassic Right podcast on Facebook, have been participating. So that's really cool. Evolution of Claire is so good. Um, and I interviewed Tess Sharp, the author. So if you want to go back and check out that Raptor Reactions, you can go check that out. Um, so yeah, so if you, I want to do more book club stuff definitely in the future. I feel like that's something hopefully maybe we can do in season two, like each um, each month would be a different book that we focus on that's kind of based around a theme of the episode. I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm writing that idea down because I just came out, uh, we just came up with that idea. Um, so that sounds really fun to me. So um, also a few other things happening. A, um, I was in Perry Nemiroff. She does a, she has a really great YouTube channel. You know, um, obviously um, she makes stuff for Collider and works there, but she also does her own content on her own YouTube page. Um, and so we just talked about our favorite moments in Jurassic Park and it was really fun. And we, we did it right before uh, Comic-Con and it was just, you know, post seeing Fallen Kingdom and stuff. So it was nice to hear her perspective on Fallen Kingdom, um, you know, and she obviously did a review and stuff for Collider, but um, it was just nice to talk to her uh, in person about it. So um, I'm going to put you again, all these links and stuff will always go in the show notes. Um, I also did, uh, if you've seen around, but the company Drop Dead, a like cool fashion line, um, has made a bunch of Jurassic Park um, in Jurassic World uh, themed like clothing and stuff like that. And so they were very sweet to send me a box of stuff. And so I unboxed it all on my Instagram. So again, I'll put a link to that. But it was really, I mean, it's just like 90s vaporwave, fernwave, like, you know, Nedry's jacket, all this kind of remix digital 90s. It was, it's really awesome stuff. It's all very like cool clothing and keychains and patches and and bags and stuff i got a fanny pack which is probably my favorite thing so thanks again to drop dead for sending me that stuff um let's see what else is on the to-do list today before we get to the emails and calls um 
Also, everyone should be following Jurassic Lore on Twitter. Elise Liu um, really does these amazing deep dives into various works of not only um, Jurassic Park stuff, but Crichton in general. And um, yeah, she always is really insightful and really like goes page by page. So um, we did a little collab where I did the Dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, which was a children's book, which basically talked about the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. And um, so I basically did what she does where I went page by page, uh, essentially with this children's book that I've had since I was a kid. And yeah, it was fun just to kind of really give it that close reading, the kind of thing we do in the main episodes, but just sort of in words applied to the words uh twitter you get it um so that was really fun and yeah i'll put again i'll put a link to that to go check it out it's yeah it's it's hard sometimes almost where you're like oh god i gotta think of something to say for every little moment but it was really fun and a really cool challenge um oh penny just snored um (laughs) uh so um the Jurassic Park 25th anniversary train keeps rolling because Jurassic Park is going to come back in theaters for the weekend of September 16th through, uh, well, weekend, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so it's coming back in theaters Sunday, September 16th, Tuesday, September 18th, and Wednesday, September 19th in more than 500 theaters um, across the U.S., I'm assuming. Yeah, nationwide. Um so if you if the, if you want to go see the movie in theaters, and I think some people are, it's not going to be like IMAX 3D. I think it's just going to be showing a regular print. Maybe it's the new the 4K print. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. It doesn't it doesn't seem like Jurassic Outpost has any additional details about it. Um, but hey, it's your chance to go see the movie in theater uh, again. So um, yeah, go do that. I'll put a link to that. Um, and yeah, you can check it out. I mean, it would be, yeah, I saw the movie in theaters again uh, for the 25th anniversary celebration at Universal Studios, and I'm hoping I can make it back out to see it in theaters again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, let me know if you're going to go see it in theaters or if you're doing anything special uh, to go check it out, because um, it's always exciting when people um, go, go go all out for events and stuff. And that was cool to see when um, just in reading people's um emails and and also just for when we were throwing events and stuff for jurassic june so i'd love to see if people are throwing more events you know tag me in your photos and stuff like that at sjrpod and at Stephen ray morris i'd love to see that um few another quick little announcement here so i guess at ucb sunset uh here in los angeles they do improvised movies and they're going to do an improvised jurassic park this weekend saturday september 1st at 10 30 p.m at ucb sunset um, in Los Angeles, the tickets are seven bucks, and one of our very own SJR uh, alum, um, Caitlin Hempstead, who does the amazing podcast Lizard People, is going to be part of the show, um, as well as a bunch of amazing other improv improvisers um, and comedians and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'll put the links in there. So if you want to go check that out and you live in Los Angeles, definitely do that because um, there's nothing funnier than than uh, you know just 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 your favorite comedians riffing on your favorite movie. So yeah, if you live in LA, definitely go check that out. So this month has definitely been, uh, uh, very, um, what's the word for it? It's just a lot's been going on and stuff. And so in some ways having this universal studios pass has been such a, such a, um, such a relief. Um, again, I can't thank Karen and Georgia enough for giving that to me as birthday gift, uh, because I've been using the shit out of it. Um, and again, of course the ride closes September 3rd, 
so when you're hearing this episode, when it first drops, the ride will be closing less than a week later. Um, I'm, I don't, they're, they're not really doing anything for the event as far as, um, do anything special for it. Uh, as far as I know, because I've been going a bunch and just asking random employees who work down there and none of them are like, yeah, it's just going to be the last day. So, so that kind of, I don't know. I've just been going a bunch when I can. And, and, um, so I don't know if the last day is necessarily going to be a big deal or anything, but I am just going to try and be there all day. Uh, because why not? Uh, it's labor day. I have the day off. So, um, if I get my work done, I'm just going to be hanging out there all day. So if you want to come, come say hi. I'll probably be there from the opening to when it closes just to pull one out for the Jurassic Park ride because I've come to really love it in the last uh, couple months that I've had this pass. Um, I definitely think it's it's definitely become it's definitely meant a lot more to me since in this last year and also doing the ride episodes. If you want to go back and listen to the Jurassic park, the ride episode, I would definitely recommend that that was such a fun episode to do unexpected. And again, doing, um, going on the ride as much as I have in the last, you know, in the last few months, I've really come to appreciate it and we'll, we'll be sad it's gone, but also it's, it definitely is in need of some renovations. So I guess fingers crossed that when they do this Jurassic world renovation, that it doesn't necessarily destroy the integrity of the ride, but merely just, you know, honors it in a way that we can still enjoy, even if it won't necessarily have the Jurassic park label, it'll say Jurassic world or something like that. We don't know. Um, and I got a potential, again, I don't know what scoops are, but, um, I was just talking to some employees on Sunday when I went and they were saying that the store isn't going to be closed or it's going to have limited hours during construction, at least, um, before they remodel the store and the restaurant and the ride. Um, but I guess the store will still be open in limited hours. So, um, I don't have a hundred percent official confirmation. Um, but Hey, the, that, that employee who worked at the stores sounded knowledgeable. So I'm going to trust them, um, until we get an official word. So, um, but yeah, so the last, my last month or so has been very much spending a lot of time at Universal Studios and I've gone on my lunch or gone before lunch. And I've also gone with friends, um, who have the pass or have had the pass like Courtney and Chris and Michelle and Brenna, you know, all past guests on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun to have this kind of activity where, you know, having a, I don't know, I feel like as I get older, I just want to pass to things so I can just go do them again and again. It's like a source of comfort. Um, and so it's been really fun just being able to go when I want and stuff like that. So it's been really cool. And also wanted to give a shout out, obviously, to Devin and Chelsea, who uh, they did the Jurassic proposal where they, I mean, that was the fun part, but the most important part was they beat the record for how, for riding the for the amount of times of riding the ride in a day, which they did, I believe, 61 or 62 times. And then on that last time, they uh, Devin proposed to Chelsea. It's a universal put out the video. It's really cute. Um, definitely cried a little bit. So um, you should definitely check it out. I feel like everybody's already checked it out, but I'm just putting it here that that was really sweet. And everybody who, you know, in the Facebook group, everyone's just like, it's so beautiful um, because it is. And it was awesome. And Devin and Chelsea are the best. That was such a cool, ugh, so cool. Um, yeah, nobody can beat that now. The only way that you could beat that is if you actually brought a dinosaur back to life. Uh, if you did de-extinction just so you could have the dinosaur hold the hold the ring as he walked down the aisle or something like that. But um, it was super sweet. And again, 
Uh, it's been so much fun riding the ride and, and going as much as I can. Again, it's just like, all right, I'll just get my steps in and stuff. And yeah, it's been it's just been such a nice thing to have this month as like a little respite. I can kind of go and just kind of, uh, you know, walk around for a little bit, get lost in the crowd. So um, and that's one of the other things I want to mention, too. This has been such a fun month to see other see Jurassic right folks and friends meeting up in other cities. Um, Maddie and Aganashka met up in Chicago and did the Field Museum. Brenna, Roxy, and Chris met in New York and they did karaoke. And Chris and Brenna went to the to the Natural History Museum in New York. And it's just it's so cool to see um, just these kind of little meetups, micro meetups happening um, around, you know. And so I don't know if if you if you happen to find yourself in the same city as some as another Sea Jurassic Right listener. Um, you guys should meet up, go to the Natural History Museum. Um, it's really sweet and it's been really fun to see, you know, and just them tagging me and stuff. It means a lot. So it was really fun to see that. Um, and really kind of the last thing of the of the kind of what's been going on in the last month was uh, losing Stiggy at Crater Lake. So I went to Crater Lake to visit my mom uh, for a week. I went to the last blockbuster in the United States, not Alaska or Texas. Those ones just closed. So the one in Bend, Oregon is the last blockbuster. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, so I was like getting the the pictures and stuff. I've been like trying to do that now. And it's been fun seeing other people do that where, you know, just bringing your little dinos with you and taking fun photos. And yeah, at some point Stiggy just like turned to me and it's like, you know, uh, it, it was very much like Congo, you know, where it's like, oh, wow, she's found her place now. She, you know, she returned to the jungle. She returned to Crater Lake. And, you know, I, I hope Stiggy, um, you know, I just I just wish them the very best and hopefully one day we'll be reunited. Um, well, I say that as I actually pick up another Stiggy that I got uh, in the days since. So um, clearly um, we've both moved on. No, um, but uh, yeah, no, it was I was a little heartbroken and like running around and like being like, where's Stiggy? But uh, like some people said, the hope um, I think Faith said it uh best you know it's like hopefully just a child found that um dinosaur toy and yeah and they're getting some enjoyment out of it themselves so i thought that was really sweet um yeah so that's hopefully that's what stiggy's doing um and again just thank you to everyone you know on social media and in the group and stuff the see jurassic right facebook group for just really keeping the group alive you know this again this month was i mean i i it feels like i've had a lot of jurassic just talking all this stuff back at um back at y'all but um you know as compared to jurassic june where it was like every waking hour was jurassic um you know but you know you gotta you gotta gradually um, you know, it's about, again, like the conversation Heather and I said, uh, had in, um, episode 15 in the season finale, you know, it's about that ebb and flow, but it's just been so nice that when I, you know, if I have to go on Facebook or whatever for, for work, and then I'll just see the CG Jurassic, right. Facebook group active and stuff. It's been really, it's just really nice to see that people are, um, are so active and stuff. Um, yeah, it's just nice. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, as we get into these months, um, you know, in between seasons that we can keep that alive as well. And, you know, I'm going to try to keep posting more and stuff again and everything. Um, but yeah, it's been super nice to just see that. Um, so yeah, let's get to some emails. Uh, so, um, and yeah, I just wanted to mention too, that, um, you know, it's been so amazing getting so many emails, but I also want to, um, 
I don't know what the right word for it is, you know, but I just want to give time and attention. Um, again, if you didn't listen to last month's episode um, where we had, you know, had a really nice in-depth discussion about Zelma's emails and stuff and about, um, you know, about the just sort of um, just the inherent whiteness of, of Jurassic Park and that really kind of in-depth discussion about race and stuff like that. Um, I mean, <laughs> as best as I can, really, it was Zelma doing all the doing having all the awesome observations and stuff like that and i urge you to go back and listen to that mini-sode um because it was really fun to really just kind of dive into it and you know just be just be critical and, and still love so um but it just got me thinking you know i definitely want to give more time and attention to to individual emails and stuff so um and especially because we are going to be having you know mini-sodes um continue into season two um, I feel like now would be a good time to just sort of less emails, but more attention paid to the emails. You guys get it. Um, so with that, the first email I wanted to read was from Abigail for the love of dinosaurs. So there we go. Um, she says, hi, Stephen. Uh, hope you're feeling better this week. I've seriously binged see Jurassic right now. I'm sad. I have to wait for more episodes. Thank you so much for making this podcast. I came to it from MFM and I absolutely love it. It is something that makes me smile uncontrollably in between my true crime times. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to share with you my dinosaur slash JP story. So here it is. I've always loved dinosaurs. My mom always tells the story from when I was three and I corrected her pronunciation of Diplodocus while we were playing in the garden. I used to have a plastic model in my room that sat on top of my bookcase. And I also had a T-Rex stuffed toy that sat at the end of my bed as he protected me from monsters and nightmares. I still have him, but not at the end of my bed. Um, when I was a little older, I became obsessed with Jurassic Park. I never remember being scared by it. My mom was. I just always absolutely loved watching dinosaurs come to life. I didn't see the first two in cinema as I was too young, but I did watch JP3 um, in a little cinema in Jefferson City with my dad and my uncle. That always sticks in my memory as it was the first film I had been to where people applauded at the end. Oh, nice. Also, I, because I remember saying I wanted to watch the movie rather than go to the fancy jewelry store with my mom and the rest of the girls. I regret nothing. Uh, living in the UK close to London, I frequently visited the Natural History Museum, and when I heard that Dippy was being taken out of the main hall and being replaced with a blue whale, I actually cried. I demanded that we go and see him before he was taken out, and even though he isn't a real fossil, I always felt he was the most magical thing. It was just so lovely to see a smiling face as he came through the doors. Thank you for everything you do and for being so awesome. This podcast and MFM have pulled me out of serious anxiety-ridden days after my dad passed away a couple years ago. So an extra thank you for creating a safe space I didn't know I needed. You have to come back to the UK when Dippy has returned and is cast in bronze outside the entrance. I'm sure he will look amazing. Stay sexy and save Rexy. Lots of love, Abby. Well, thank you, Abby. And you you gave me um, you sent a picture of you with Dippy. Um, yeah, I know that's that's the thing that I was like uh, a little bummed about when I went to London just this past June uh, was that Dippy had been taken out. But again, I'm glad to hear that Dippy will come back one day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love that. <laughs> I love that you're like. Uh, that you have a, I like that idea of the T-Rex protecting you. It's kind of kind of like how Jurassic, you know, how Rexy has become, you know, over time as, you know, saving the day, um, you know, kind of establishing her dominance and stuff like that. Um, so I love that that the T-Rex in your bed was the protector. So um, thank you, Abby, for your email. And I'm going to read another one of yours um, in just a second um, because we because you sent a Jurassic World 3 one, too. So. Um, we'll get back to you. Um, but this other email I wanted to read was no one understand, understood my graduation cap, but I did. 
Hi, Stephen. I just started your podcast, so forgive me if I'm missing something here that you talk about in later episodes. I'm just having a great time in episode one. Growing up, I always loved dinosaurs and had big dreams to become a paleontologist. I just graduated from Penn State University. Yay! And while I did uh, not follow my dino dreams, I now have a degree in sociology and Spanish. My love for dinosaurs never waned. I may or may not have have a very tasteful stegosaurus tattoo. Don't tell my mom. Um, I grew up listening to a tape called Dinosaur Rock and, of course, watching Jurassic Park. Through my college career, this image was a constant in the memes. My friends tagged me in on Facebook because my love of dinosaurs is well known. I think I've Instagrammed at least three times when I needed to pick me up. It's that little tiny art. Um, it's the like it's it's the like dino action figures kind of on like a beige psych with um, like cartoony looking um, bubbles. And so it has like a Muldoon type uh figure looking at a at a uh dinosaur green like a green i think it's it looks like a raptor like a green raptor figure not a, like a jurassic park figure but um wearing a graduation cap and a holding a diploma and it says clever girl it became the inspiration for my graduation cap i wanted a dinosaur with a cap and a little man handing her a diploma of course the words clever girl were robert muldoon's final words when he surprised when he was surprised by the raptor trap putting on my cap kind of felt like i had accomplished something big despite being underestimated because i'm a small female that velociraptor truly is a feminist icon taking down the man because he underestimated her winky face no that's so true and so i went to target to find a dinosaur and a little man, lo and behold, I found an actual figurine of Robert Muldoon in the toys aisle and a pretty good little dino. I came out of the store yelling and waving his box, and my friend very supportively said, Um, that's nice. I decked it out with butterflies because it's my cap and I allowed to and I'm allowed to. So I came up with this. And then she sent a picture. Um I'll I'll post it on the uh Instagram. And uh it it's just a blue graduation cap and has Robert Muldoon and handing over the diploma and the raptor with the graduation cap. Um, and, uh, uh, and, uh, there's like butterflies and stuff and it's really awesome. And it says clever girl. So, um, that's so cool. Veronica. Um, she says, I got lots of questions, including a poorly phrased, but well-intentioned. Did you just throw a bunch of random shit on your cap for my friends? I love my cap and I have zero regrets. It's true. It's a true nod to six-year-old me who loved dinosaurs and butterflies and had big dreams. Hopefully I make her proud with whatever I do next. Um, anxiously at the time she sent this anxiously awaiting Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Veronica. Um, congratulations, Veronica. Um, also, I am curious to hear what you thought of Fallen Kingdom and um yeah we had somebody else uh, had a uh jurassic world um or had a jurassic graduation um cap recently too so i love that um that has inspired people too i love that that's inspired you and no that's super relatable and i just love i love the picture of Muldoon. like yeah well he's your cap um that's that's my australian accent we I've been listening to last podcast on the left and Henry's accent. Um, no, but this is so sweet. And that's, that's just such a cool thing, you know, that, that you've been keeping the dream alive and and that's been like this constant word of inspiration. And yeah, I feel like a lot of our listeners can, you know, just relate to that. And, um, I definitely can. And yeah, I think that's super awesome and congratulations and excited to see what you're going to do next. That's really cool. Um, so thank you, Veronica. All right, I wanted to close out the emails for this episode with a handful of what people uh, want for Jurassic World 3, essentially Jurassic World 3 and beyond. Um, You know, again, like we talked about in the in the finale, in the season finale, um, 
you know, really the sky's the limit now. We really only know a few things. We know that there's going to be, it's going to be more science-based. There's not going to be any hybrids. Um, you know, Emily Carmichael's writing it, Colin Trevorrow's directing. But honestly, like, the sky's the limit at this point. I mean, we're not even going to really get news. I mean, they're not even going to start filming for probably another year and a half or something like that. So... Uh, it's we have a while basically so uh the first email i wanted to read was from aganashka um and i like what she said it says uh, uh hi srm and fellow dino fans in jurassic world 3 i would like to see more in-depth covered and explanation of the various government entities and foreign organizations and their uses of the auction dinos additionally i would love to learn more about macy and more about the dpg thanks aganashka um so yeah i yeah it's so curious i wonder like is there gonna be this sense of like here are all these is this gonna be like i'm trying to think of what would be a a good analog but it's like all these different factions kind of converging you know you think about like lord of the rings return of the king how there's all the different or the hobbit the battle of the five armies but you know it's like all these different forces and they're all using the dinosaurs you know medical pharmaceutical weapon you know all that kind of stuff like is that going to be a big focus or is it going to be more or is that just kind of that world uh, going to be just more of a background element? It's I'm very curious to see how they're going to jump forward in time because, you know, uh, you know, the Jurassic films have typically just jumped forward in real time. But I wonder if they're going to take this opportunity to jump forward in more time. But I would be really sad if they jumped forward far enough that they would have to recast Macy, you know, as an older actor because I really like Isabella Sermon and I really feel like we loved her so much in Fall Kingdom and it would be a shame not to do more uh, adventures with her. So I really hope, um, you know, so there is that element of uh, that they could cover these government entities because we're not jumping so far forward in time that it doesn't matter anymore. Um, And then, yeah, the DPG as well, too. I get the feeling that DPG is toast because uh, there's dinosaurs all over the world now. So unless it's kind of shifted into a more of like a corporate or more of a, um, more of a, you know, rebellious entity, it just feels like the DPG was, was like a nonprofit. So I don't know if they really have the budget to, um, to confront the idea that dinosaurs are spreading around the world, but we'll see. Um, yeah, very curious indeed. So thank you, Aganashka. Um, So the next email is from Taylor, again, Jurassic World 3 Thoughts, and he says, I love Fallen Kingdom. A lot of my love actually stems from your defense of the film. But for the third iteration of the Jurassic World franchise, I think the filmmakers should take a page out of Jurassic Park and Jaws. It pains me to write this, but we need to spend less time on screen seeing dinosaurs and more time building story and tension. In Fallen Kingdom, we didn't see the Indoraptor until the third act, which was effective. In JP, we didn't see the raptors until Muldoon and Sattler head into the forest. Stay out of the forest. Uh, We don't see a T-Rex until she breaks out of her pen in JP. We don't see the shark in Jaws for nearly an hour. There's tension there and real fear. JW3 needs to take our expectations from the first two movies, lots of dinos in action, and subvert it. Imagine the Carnotaurus stalking hikers in Yellowstone, um, or a Baryonyx hiding in a golf course's water feature somewhere. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, I love this, like the croc, like croc boy, like totally like taking out... um, taking out some rich white golfers. Um, We don't see them, only the unwitting humans who wander into their territory. We hear a scream and see a shadow or even the eye of the animal. 
think JP Raptors, and then cut to a scene of an animal control office flooded with calls. These smaller domestic animal attacks have used to juxtapose against whatever the purchased animals are being used for after being bought at the auction. To sum it up, I think the third JW could take the global implications of Fallen Kingdom's ending, and rather than going huge and impersonal, make a smaller movie with effects of these animals on the intimate, human, and very scary level. Uh, Stay sexy and don't ever go outside again, Taylor. Um, Thank you, Taylor. That's a great email. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because, I mean, that's the thing that's got me so curious the most is is Colin Trevorrow kind of talking about this element of being more of a science-based thriller, the the sort of leaning away from, and, you know, even the idea that the Indominus is... um, that her her rib or whatever gets crushed by Rexy at the end. You know, this sort of implication from just talking about it right now that we're going to be moving away from weaponized dinos and hybrids and stuff like that. Well, they didn't say weaponized, but they did, definitely did say hybrid and, you know, that it's not going to be this big war of the dinosaurs sort of thing. So, like, what is the movie? And, you know, what are these, what are these action scenes going to be? What are these set pieces all that stuff. I, I I see all the ideas that what the third movie could be about for sure, but what we're actually going to see, I'm so curious. And I love all those, I love all those ideas. And again, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the lost world novel is the Carnotaurus's camouflaged and that whole thing. And so I don't know if the Carnotaurus's are camouflaged in this world. Cause the Indominus already took that ability, but just kind of taking from that, I think would be really cool. And yeah, you know, again, just focusing on the implications. So I love that. Thank you, Taylor. Um, This next email is from Abigail. Um, So again, follow up um, with her Jurassic World 3 thoughts. Um, So she said, hi, Stephen. Firstly, hope you're feeling better, question mark. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, <laughs> secondly, here's what I would like to see. Think there will be in Jurassic World 3. I would love more interactions between the dinosaurs and modern animals. Oh, uh, for example, mosasaurs with a posse of great whites or blue with a pack of wolves. I think the dynamic of seeing dinosaurs interacting with our modern day equivalent would be really interesting. Huh. I've never actually thought of that before. Um, uh, I have no idea how normal humans are going to react to seeing dinos wandering around in their backyards. I would like to think they would react like you and I and we'd just be like, woo, dinosaurs. But somehow I think there's going to be a lot more screaming than that. I have a sneaking suspicion there will be a hunter type character in the next movie whose sole job is to hunt down and round up kill all the escaped dinos. But hopefully Claire and Owen and Macy will be on hand to save the day once again. Possibly with the creation of a new park, this time on the mainland. Not sure how they get that damn mosasaur out of the sea, though. I hope they carry on with the slightly gothic themes as with the, as this was a really great addition to the movie, even it did remind me a hell of a lot of Disney films. I really want to see more of Macy's backstory as well as her relationship with Owen and Claire or how it's grown. I think the dynamic between the three of them is amazing. I'd love to see Macy's confidence grow and for her to become the next female powerhouse of the franchise. I wonder if they'll be living in Owen's log cabin. Um, thank you so much for this podcast. I absolutely adore it. Stay sexy and save Rexy. Uh, Abby. Um, thanks, Abby. Um, I love all that stuff. I never really, I mean, I haven't thought too much of the human the, or the modern animal and dinosaur interactions. Obviously, we saw that great shot of the of Rexy with the lion. Um, but yeah, I think that could be really cool. And yeah, it's so I just it's so interesting because that's my kind of I feel like all of our first thoughts are our first kind of the really like, um, you know, what we're really leaning into is this idea that you know, I, th- I definitely think Macy is the key. And I think Claire and Owen 
um, you know, are really they're going to be this this family unit, and you know, hopefully Zia and Franklin again, um, and also some of the original cast returning. You know, it's going to be about them continuing to save the dinosaurs, but save the dinosaurs from what? You know, is it going to be about them just leaving alone? I I just now that the dinosaurs are on the mainland, it's not just about rounding them up and putting them in a park again. I feel like it's there's going to be some other global complication. I think. Um, or some new powerhouse that's going to come in, you know, and try and, you know, use the dinosaurs for profit or for gain or for something. But yeah, it's, I'm so curious, but I love all your ideas. And um, yeah, I'm so curious uh, to see what happens. Um, thanks, Abby. Um, and then the last email. Yes, the last email um, for this episode is from Kristen. And she says, um, I had some thoughts on the questions for this month, so I thought I'd share. Honestly, I don't know where I'm hoping the franchise will go for the next movie and or if there are other movies beyond that. I'm so curious to see what direction J- JW3 will go in because I can't really imagine a movie that doesn't take place on one of the islands. I know that continuing with an Islander park theme is probably a little played out at this point, but at the same time, I still feel a little sad every time I think of the island's demise. I definitely hope the franchise includes plans for more books like The Evolution of Claire. I loved reading about Claire's backstory and seeing the prequel story of Jurassic World. I would love to read more about Claire and maybe some prequel novels about other characters as well. Relating to that, I think a movie that takes place between the end of the JP trilogy and the beginning of JW would be so cool to see. Something that showed the behind the scenes look at how Jurassic World came to exist, how Mizrani built upon Hammond's ideas, etc. I would also love to see a movie that explored the abandoned parks. I know we get glimpses of what left, what was left behind in a few scenes throughout the series, but I think it'd be really fun to expand on that more. Kind of like those YouTube videos where people go explore abandoned amusement parks, but with dinosaurs added to it. Haha. <laughs> I guess a movie like that would be impossible now that the island is covered in lava, but you did say our imagination was the only limit. Anyway, thanks for reading my random thoughts. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. You didn't. Thank you so much for all your hard work on SJR and also MFM. They're my two favorite podcasts to listen to. Um, SSDGM and remember that life finds a way. Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. I really appreciate that and also loved hearing your thoughts. Um, Yeah, I really, I really, I mean, you know, that's the dream, right? We get it. We get to see side stories and backstories, you know, a la Rogue One and Solo, but in the Jurassic Park universe, because yeah, that that the 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 twenty years between Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World, just there's so much possibility, um, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like if you were doing this franchise from the beginning, it would have been so great to see in Jurassic Park three, for example, when uh, because the way that the DPG and um, you know Miss Ronnie Global and kind of the online. Um, the sort of online content as well as the evolution of Claire, the, you know, the stuff that's the lore, you know, they mention that, you know, Wu sort of, they've been, they sort of state subtly that Wu is, was using like basically created the Spinosaurus as an experiment, as a proto Indominus Rex. And so how great would it have been, it, you know, when, uh, when Alan Grant and uh, uh, Paul and Amanda Kirby and Billy Brennan are exploring the lab where they get attacked by the raptors in JP3. And they, um, like the Lost World novel where you're kind of seeing um, the sort of the real story of how, how, how dinosaurs are created, you stumble upon a lab that's like surprisingly new and you actually see that like Wu has been working there, but he, you know, he's, you know, he's left for a week or so, you know, or whatever. And it's like stuff like that where they really tied in all this backstory together and stuff, you know, just cause everything was created one at a time. So 
we unfortunately don't get those kind of connections. But in that way, maybe doing prequel films or in between films or solo films or anthology films would be a way to cover that stuff. Um, but yeah, like you said, the sky's the limit. Who knows? Maybe that will be covered in another book or something like that. And yeah, I mean, to close out, um, yeah, I mean, it really is hard to imagine where Jurassic World 3 is going to go. It, it's, I, I, it's just there's so many possibilities, but what is going to be the actual, I mean, we kind of know what maybe the themes and the, the, the general sense of who's going to be in it, but, but what's the actual plot? What's the narrative? What's, what are these, again, like I said before, what are these set pieces? What are the dinosaurs? You know, that's the stuff that is just all up in the air right now, but, um, really exciting to think about. So, um, thank you again, Kristen, and thank you everyone for your questions And so to close out this episode, I wanted to play uh, more conversation with Luce Tomlin-Brenner, who's been in the last few episodes. Um, Well, been since the beginning as well, too. She was in the Dinosaurs episode way back in episode three. So three or four. uh, One of those is Crichton and one of those is Dinosaurs, but I can't remember which one is which off the top of my head. I think the Dinosaurs one is episode three. but Luce is amazing, one of my best friends. And so we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit about like Westworld and and some um and some cloning and stuff like that and those implications that Fallen Kingdom kind of set up, um, as well as, you know, Crichton. Um, and then I talked to Heather Mason, um, again, who has been a big part of this podcast throughout the season, um, throughout the first season. Um, she talked about kind of her thoughts and and I talked about my thoughts about the the sort of change in Owen. Um, in Fallen Kingdom and and also how it relates to Ant-Man and the Wasp and toxic masculinity, I guess, in sort of a roundabout way and this kind of stuff. So it was really cool. We also talked about the humor in Fallen Kingdom. Um, and we also talked about just more about the screening that we all saw together at Universal. Um, and then also wanted to have a bit more of uh, Tom Fishenden, a.k.a. Tom Jurassic from the Jurassic Park podcast. Um, he has some more Jurassic World 3 thoughts, uh, you know, about the kind of things that, you know, we could look forward to or things that we could, you know, the things that I think would make it really cool. And so I wanted to share more of his, his bleh, I wanted to share more of his, his thoughts as well. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed these interviews and these fun conversations. I wanted to thank everyone again so much for supporting this show, um, for supporting it on Patreon, patreon.com slash Right. Again, any amount helps. If you can't contribute, then, you know, giving it, uh, giving it a review on iTunes would be really awesome. Um, I know I've already have a bunch of great reviews and I should probably read them out loud in an episode at one point because they've all been super sweet and amazing. So um, that would really mean a lot. And again, all the ways that you've supported the show by following on social media and joining the Facebook group and everything have meant the world. And yeah, this this show has become, like I've said, it's it's something that I thought maybe I would just do one season of and it'd be a fun experiment. But it really everyone who I've met through doing this and and people have become closer because of doing this. It just makes me want to do this every day. And I'm trying my hardest to do it every day because I know you enjoy it. And yeah, I just want to keep doing it for all of you and and for me as well. Um, (laughs) it's been, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And so I'm really excited that we're going to keep, you know, that there's going to be, you know, I'm going to be able to keep making stuff in between the seasons and, you know, I'm already again at work at season two. Um, so I'm really, really excited to get all that stuff together. Um, again, those questions that, um, I would love for you to call in and write in, um, for next month's mini sewed essentially would be, um, how are you planning to pass the time between now and Jurassic World these release in 2021? 
and what would you like to see explored in season two? So that could be, you know, again, just doing a topic again, but with different guests and stuff, which I will definitely do. Obviously, we're going to cover the main films again in, 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 in a little bit of a twist, but I think it'll be really fun. Um, and some new topics as well too, character studies, um, you know, different aspects of the franchise we haven't covered yet. So, um, yeah, well, but let me know what you want to see explored because, you know, there's still so much time, um, and so much wiggle room. So I really want to hear what you want and I will try to make that happen. So again, um, stay tuned for, uh, stay tuned. Um, when we get back from these commercial messages. So, um, yeah, we're going to listen to Luce Tomlin Brenner, Heather Mason and Tom Fishenden. So again, thank you so much. And I will see you all very soon. Thanks. I mean, this uh, may be taking it a step too far, but as I see it, we're probably not going to bring back dinosaurs, but there is an interesting discussion around AI and robotics and like, what does the future hold for um, like artificial intelligence? And like, what are we doing if we're bringing in formally unconscious beings and giving them a consciousness? Like, that's something we've been exploring in science fiction for decades, but we do arrive closer to it all the time. And so I think it's an argument that could be made as like, what do we do when we bring consciousness? You're bringing beings into the world and what's our responsibility to them? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, it's like, you know, it almost feels like no coincidence that the two Michael Crichton things that are the most popular right now are Jurassic Park and Westworld, you know, two things that he created that were both born out of a similar idea of, looking at this formally, you know, sort of not conscious or lesser being and then bringing them into the forefront, you know, whether it was robots in a theme park or dinosaurs in a theme park. So it seems it's actually very apropos. And you almost seem that now with bringing in clone humans into the Jurassic Park universe, I don't see why you couldn't bring robots into it as well. And it wouldn't also make sense. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that that actually makes it more relevant than ever. I mean, um, who just cloned her dogs? Somebody has, oh, Barbara Streisand has cloned dogs. What? Her dogs that she has are cloned from her original dog. And there's like a picture that surfaced on the internet recently of her cloned dogs at the gravesite of the dog that they were cloned from. That's twisted. (laughs) That's so twisted. Yeah, Twitter had a field day with it, of course, is... What else would you do with that photograph? But uh, we're we're very close to that reality, and that's what I think is interesting about this story. Is like, yes, it's a, it's an exciting action movie, and it's an exciting movie about dinosaurs for dino fiends. <laughs> um, that's us. Yeah, and like, there's a lot of you know feminist criticism and uh, ways to view the the movies through a feminist lens. But like, there's also a lot of reality. I don't think we're that far from. Ex- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Science can take us to scary places now, and I think that it's important to have these discussions around it, even if it's like a fun, franchistic summer movie. Yeah. I like that Francis, Francis, like, it's like, it's like, we're going to talk about these serious things through the lens of popcorn fun. I actually think that's the best way to reach people. Cause when people are relaxed and having a good time, they're more likely to absorb a message, which is how advertising works. But it's also, there's a reason why, um, satire is effective both you know, through comedy and in horror and that you see a lot of social messages in both of those, um, both of those genres because you, you can preach all day about things and you can have a very dramatic, sad documentary, but it's harder to reach people when they're sad because people want to feel those feelings, especially in the climate that we're in where we just live in a world that is just sadness when you wake up. So it's, I think as somebody who, who will accept the sadness but also loves a popcorn movie, it's like fun to watch a movie that I care about in a popcorn way, but then also be like, wow, this is reaching me on like an animal rights way. It's reaching me in an environmental way. It's reaching me in this way to think about what's our responsibility to beings that we bring into this world. Well, I felt like Chris Pratt's character was likable in this movie. Like I actually was like, oh, like, I see why someone would hang out with this dude. The first movie, I was like, why would anyone be around him? He's so obnoxious. Yeah. he's Well, he's a, he's like he's like the bird guy that doesn't want to hang out with anybody. He's just, just like, leave me alone with my, like, birds, my raptors. Yeah. He was, I just, he wasn't nice. He was just kind of, like, from the beginning, kind of obnoxious. So this one, he was a lot better. And I was like, oh, I see. I see why someone would actually, like, spend time with this man. Yeah. Well, they let him be, like, the... They kind of let him be the strong, silent type in this movie, and I think it actually worked for him a lot more better. Just to yeah. let him be kind of like, kind of like, it's kind of why I liked Ant Man and the Wasp because I think that movie is all about the about a man like finally like stopping and listening to people and like kind of learning from like the women in his life or like the just the you know just his peers and his you know his daughter. Like I feel like that there's. I mean, it isn't as strong in, in Fallen Kingdom, but there's an element of like just the man kind of staying in their lane and, kind yeah. of, you know, like, yeah, like he wasn't really in charge no. of anything. No, he was just, he was being helpful. Yeah. He was he, just kind of there along for the ride, helping yeah. out when he could. Yeah. Which I really like. I like that element of it. I thought that was good. Yeah. That part, that part I liked. Like that joke that was in the trailer. So you'd think like that moment would be dead by the time you see it in theaters, but it's still got like a lot of laughs in the theater. Yeah. I felt like our theater was like very responsive that night and it was late too which is you know for me really tough (laughs) normally i'm asleep then (laughs) and it was wait was it imax 3d yes it was yeah i don't normally like 3d i don't know if they utilize 3d as much as they could have no other than when it's like like (laughs) flying through the no i mean the only reason why i even saw it pick that screening was because 
it, like to me. Because you knew I hated 3D. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm specifically against you, Heather. Um, well, it's just because obviously like we see a lot of movies in different places. And to me, that was like the easiest place to meet because like yeah, there's parking there's, it's a nice there's theater. There's a restaurant to eat at right there's next to. There's a giant to. dinosaur outside. Yeah. Margaritaville, <laughs> it's like all on brand and theme. Like to me, it's just easier to corral people to the theater just when I'm thinking yeah. of like throwing an event. Whereas like, again, we've gone to things like where it's like, we're going to this place and we have to walk across. And it's just like, to me, I'm just like, I mean, I'm not in charge. Like I haven't been like leading those things, but like that part of my brain is like, you know. So you're saying you hate all the events that I invite you to. <laughs> I don't hate and them. So but you're just, like, I'm going to control this event. I, I don't. No, no. Cool. Cause we're, you know, obviously like we live in an age now where we all have assigned seating so we can just go in as we please. But you know, for me throwing an event, I just wanted it to be as like stress-free as possible for myself. Yeah. So no, it was good. I like the theater and everything. It was just, I don't think they, I don't think it's necessary to see it in 3D. No, like, no, I no. don't feel like they, because I also saw Ant-Man and the Wasp in 3D, and I felt like they definitely, like, utilized oh, for, oh, really? the 3D yeah. in that movie. Like, yeah. and you're like, oh, I see why I, well, I didn't pay for that one, but, like, I see why it's worth seeing it in 3D. And this yeah. one, I was just like, oh, I don't know if it needed to be in 3D. Like, I don't think there was any moments, really, where I was like, oh, I'm glad this is in 3D. No, me neither. I mean, it really is just because that IMAX theater has to be 3D, I think, for all the screenings. Yeah. Um, and it was because it's like, well, I'm already going to that theater anyway, so I might as well just get the best, like the biggest screen and like that whole situation and stuff. But, yeah. I mean, I, I also liked all the side characters. Yeah. Except well, I, I think they kind of like maybe overdid the whole, that guy is really incompetent, like is, is really scared and can't ha do anything Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a little bit too much. But I went in when I wanted more of the girl. Yeah. Um, Whatever uh, her name Daniela is. Daniela Pineda. Zia, yeah. Zia Rodriguez. Yeah. I liked I liked both of them, but I wish there had been more of her. She kind of like because of her getting kidnapped or whatever, she yeah. kind of ended up not having as much time, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely was like, it's like Justice Smith had like a hair more of a role than her. Like they yeah. were kind of equal, but like he had a little bit more screen time just because he was involved in the, yeah, the there whole like, gyrosphere uh, escape. Yeah. And sequence. there were a few more like jokes about how he wasn't good about being outside. <laughs> yeah. Which I related to, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I get it, bro. I also do not camp. <laughs> yeah. Well in the movie to me, it's like, those are the millennial characters, you know? Oh yeah, totally. Which, which we've never really, I mean, Jake Johnson's character in Jurassic world was a little bit like that, but like this movie definitely like, embraced making people more likable i feel like you know yeah everyone was more likable in this movie like a hundred percent across I the board i definitely liked it better than jurassic world well i think they're like taking a cue from like marvel where it's like you just want to follow these characters and so you have to make them likable for us to yeah also to chris them. pratt was more attractive i don't know where that came from. like i don't know why but he like i don't know what he changed maybe it was like he like worked out or like how they put the clothes on him. I don't know, but he was definitely more attractive. Maybe it was also the personality thing. It like all worked together better. Hey, Stephen, it's Tom here. I hope you're doing really, really well. Um, finding it quite hard to process the fact that it's been like a month since we got to hang out in London, do a bunch of stuff, you know, was really, really good. Um, it's a little bit sad that you don't live in this country and, you know, there's lots of Jurassic fans all over the place who don't get to hang out with each other every day, but it is what it is. And we have podcasts like this that keep us together, thankfully. 
So uh, you asked what would our dream Jurassic World 3 be? And for me, I think that Jurassic World 3, that I'm going to be calling Jurassic World Extinction, needs to be a story about consequences. So we've seen our characters from Jurassic Park all the way through to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom really fucking with the natural world. And what I mean by that is they keep playing around with this science that they don't fully understand. They keep messing around with it, augmenting it, adapting it in ways that it was never meant to be adapted, and they don't seem to appreciate the fact that their actions do indeed have consequences and implications as a whole. So particularly, obviously, talking about characters in general, the um, best example of a character here would be Dr. Henry Wu. He seems to show a complete disregard to his actions and the potential implications that his kind of mad science is going to have on the rest of the world. So I think coming into Jurassic World 3, we really need to see some consequences um, for these people and for these characters. So obviously, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom left a lot of open plot threads, and I really want to see them building upon, yes, the third-party science, but also what's happening to all these dinosaurs that have already been auctioned off and sold to people. We know that there's going to be a person in Russia with some dinosaurs, there's going to be people all over the country, potentially Saudi Arabia, other countries who have got these dinosaurs, and they are going to be woefully underprepared to contain these animals and they are ultimately going to break out they're going to pose a risk and it's going to be like a domino effect that i really am excited to see unfold on screen um i think the mosasaur in particular has a lot of potential for interesting and compelling story you know there's this massive aquatic reptile out in the ocean we already now in the modern generation hear stories about megalodon still so imagine this creature actually being out there and causing chaos like a mobile bermuda triangle where ships just go missing that really has potential for interesting story i know somebody mentioned perhaps a hunter or a fisherman could be trying to capture the mosasaur that again could be interesting and it would also be an interesting look at our ethics as a species you know we make animals go extinct nearly every single day through our actions so having us kind of hunting marine reptiles and dinosaurs would be an interesting way to parallel and tackle the issues of modern day poaching and hunting so um I really feel as though Jurassic World 3 has the potential to be a really interesting story. I think we need to see some kind of happy ending, whether it be the sanctuary at Lockwood purchased or something else. But I think in order to get to that happy ending, we need sacrifice, we need consequence, we need death, we need bloodshed, and we need to finally see, okay, shit, we've been screwing with this stuff for far too long, and now the game is over and we have lost. Um, so yeah, my dream Jurassic World 3, lots of consequences, lots of people trying desperately to cling on and contain these threats, but science getting out of hand and potentially outgrowing humanity. Bleak, I know. Now, 
you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJRPod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.